Thanks for joining us. Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Welcome to the podcast. You are now tuned in to this episode of our podcast. Today we are going to interview some of the greatest and most influential minds in our field. And now, please welcome your host. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. Welcome back to the program. I'm Zev Brenner. We have a breaking story tonight about anti-Semitism, about trying to blackmail the Jewish community in the Catskills area in Monticello. With us right now is former county attorney, former judge, private attorney in Monticello, Michael McGuire. Thank you for joining us. Good evening, Zev. How are you doing? It's Good, thank you. To join you. Pleasure to have you on the air. So tell us what's going on in Monticello. There is a recording reported by the upstate media of the mayor of Monticello trying to blackmail the Jewish community uh, in exchange for votes and in putting a Orthodox Jewish police officer back on the force. But let's you represented this police officer. Let's start at the beginning with what happened with the story. So I didn't represent him. I was the judge that presided over the case. He was represented by an outstanding attorney uh, out of New York City, and he was accused of uh, committing some crimes. You're talking the about an Orthodox, Orthodox Jewish policeman? Correct. Correct. Okay. Uh, he was accused he was, of crime. Been accused. This, is, this is back several years ago. He'd been accused of committing some crimes, and the case was ultimately resolved where he entered a plea of guilty to a misdemeanor and was char- and was sentenced by me to serve three years of probation, which he served in exemplary form, no issues, no violations, no problems. In the interim, during the three-year probationary period, he his case went up on appeal and he prevailed. When he went up on appeal, the appellate court overturned his conviction. So his conviction was now a nullity. The district attorney then asked the Court of Appeals, the highest court in New York State, to hear the case. They declined to hear the case, which is their prerogative. Uh, and the reason they would decline is, is there was no unique issues of fact or law being presented. And so with that, in terms of the police officer, the case was completely over. Uh, his, his conviction was overturned, so he had no conviction, and he went on through life. Several years passed, and again, I touched the case because as the county attorney, I was the county attorney in Sullivan County until December 31st of this of this past year, 2023. Uh, when he applied to rejoin the police department, the police department does their background checks and their character references and whatever else they do. And the last step is it comes to the county who is responsible for all civil service positions throughout the county, even if they're not working for the county. In this case, he'd be working for the village of Monticello. And what we have to do is show that he is confirmed that he meets the eligibility requirements. So again, it touched my office 
because we had determined that he had to take a refresher because he had not been an active police officer in the past year. So he would have to take a refresher. But with that, he met all the other legal criteria. That doesn't mean he had to be hired, but he met all the legal criteria. And the village of Monticello was intent on hiring him. That was the extent to which I had direct involvement in that case was to sign off on his eligibility, which I did near the end of my tenure as the county attorney. What came to light recently was that the mayor of Monticello, and I have no firsthand knowledge of this. My knowledge is just from speaking to people. The mayor of Monticello, I am told, asked to see this police officer or this police officer candidate. And when he went to see him, he said that if in some in substance, if he didn't deliver the Jewish vote, that he would not approve him to be rehired as a police officer. There is a 25 minute audio recording, which is absolutely the best evidence that was put up in its entirety this week by the Mid-Hudson News. And I would encourage your listeners to not take my word or anybody else's word, but to go listen to the words from the mayor, because the entire 25 minute exchange is up at the very end of that exchange. People will hear some very, very ugly words uttered by the mayor of Monticello, certainly suggesting that uh, he would hold a vendetta against the Jewish community if he were not reelected. This is shocking that it's on tape. He's threatening. And we're talking about the mayor of Monticello. I believe the election is in March, correct? The election is in March. That is correct. So coming up. And the Orthodox Jewish community in Monticello could swing an election based on the number of votes they have, including the summer residents. Well, I don't know exactly how many folks are registered to vote in Monticello. Um, And I always shy away from presuming that any homogeneous group votes as a block, but I would say that the community and the members of the community who do vote in Sullivan County should listen to that tape and make a decision for themselves of whether or not that candidate, the sitting mayor, is going to represent their interests. The community is growing. The year-round community is growing. And most people embrace the year-round community being there. They have uh, built some beautiful new stores. A big new supermarket is built that uh, I enjoyed shopping in this past summer because their produce was the best. (laughs) And um, they're they're welcome members of our community. they, They add a lot to the community. And they'll have to make a decision for themselves, as all voters do of which candidate is going to best represent their interests. We're talking about Mayor George Nicolaitis. 
obviously, from what I'm hearing, there has been some tension between him and the Orthodox Jewish community. That's probably why he's trying to blackmail this individual, this police officer, to guarantee him votes because he knows he's in trouble with this segment of the population upstate. You know, Zev, the, the, the reality is that politicians in this county regrettably view the Jewish community as one big block vote that can swing an election in a small community. I mean, there's, there's probably eight or 900 registered voters, Jewish community voters in the village of Monticello. And in a typical election, because the election's in March, uh, it's, not, does, it's not tied into congressional elections or presidential elections. The village of Marcel typically you'd probably have three or four hundred vote in addition to the community. So sure, if they vote as a block, they could certainly sway the vote. But that presumes that they're of a single mind. And in any group, there are people that view things differently. And they should definitely go to the Mid-Hudson News website and listen to that tape and make a decision for themselves. Well, the tape is pretty clear. I mean, they're talking about it. Then again, there's a lot of foul language in there. But it yes. basically says, you know, this is what the mayor is saying. You know what they're going to blanking do? We both know referring to leaders in the Orthodox Jewish community. I can't win an election with 300 maybe votes in the Orthodox community, the Hasidic community. And then he talks about uh, he wants a guarantee they're going to vote for him. And then he wants a quid pro quo. And then uh, he talks about the fact um Let's see. Don't worry. I'm, I'm blanking effing ways to find revenge on them, the Orthodox community, if I'm out of the if mayor's office. I'll track them down. I'll blank them them personally, he said. I mean, this is clear. Yeah. And, you know, Zev, what's amazing, in addition to being the mayor, he's a local businessman. Now, I recognize that his place of business is a restaurant, is not kosher. But why would you make those kind of remarks? Because... I'm Irish Catholic, and they're as offensive to me as they are to my friends in the community. And 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 I would not patronize his – I'm not suggesting anybody boycott. But personally, if somebody expresses views like that toward the Jewish community or toward African-American communities or Hispanic communities, I wouldn't, I wouldn't frequent their place of business. But here, here's a question I have for you. You're a judge. This seems blackmail. He's trying to bribe this police officer. So I'm going to give you a job if you guarantee me that the blanking Jews vote for me. That's what he's saying. And I don't trust mm-hmm. them, is what he's saying. So I want to guarantee. Isn't that blackmail? Isn't that illegal? Shouldn't there be some legal repercussions? You are a former judge. You know how these things operate. Doesn't this seem to be illegality going on here? So. It it certainly is something that is concerning. I am not the district attorney. The district attorney is the person within the community that is charged with the absolute obligation and the discretion to bring charges when charges are appropriate. In this case, I have not spoken to the district attorney about this case. Uh, He has complete discretion. However, his comments following this we're very we're we're almost equally disturbing because he appears to have justified and rationalized the statements made by the mayor 
and said that the mayor was working as a undercover informant for the district attorney's office, uh, which does that just doesn't make any sense, although I'm also not privy to the nature of their investigations, nor should I be. So, so what you're saying was they're claiming that this was a undercover investigation to trap the police officer, saying that he's he is trying to bribe the mayor. Is that what they're, they're well, trying to turn the tables it, around? It, it, well, fr- I mean, frankly, to me, it doesn't make any sense because I've never heard. I mean, generally, when you have a confidential informant, they're the ones that are taping the conversation to try to catch the other person saying something here. It was the police officer that was taping the conversation. So I don't see how the mayor or the district attorney could claim that the child, that the police officer, that the mayor was working undercover in a sting operation against the police officer. It, it just it's illogical. But uh, I mean, like I said, he the district attorney doesn't run his investigations through me, uh, but his explanation made no sense. But what was most disturbing was that he, the district attorney, attempts to vindicate this comments as falling somehow within the rubric of an investigation. That's that to me is very disturbing. Now, Election Day is not that far from our conversation right now. What do you see now? You are. You know the area. You've been there in so many different capacities. How important factor is this tape going to be in determining the outcome, in your professional opinion, of the election? Given the demographics of the village of Monticello, um, I would, if I were the mayor, I would be very, very concerned because, as I said, anytime you are singling out a segment of the population and essentially threatening that segment of the population that sends chills and should send chills and shock waves through all parts of the community today he's his ire is aimed at the jewish community who's to say tomorrow it's not aimed at the hispanic or latino community or the African-American community, uh, or any of the other classes that the law absolutely protects constitutionally. We're speaking with the former judge, former county attorney. He's in private practice, Judge Michael McGuire. We're looking at breaking news story of a Monticello mayor who's trying to blackmail the Jewish community to get votes for his reelection in March. So what's been the reaction from other communities? I know the Jewish community, obviously, they've been contacted. They're upset because this is pure anti-Semitism. It's blackmail. What's been the reaction of decent folks that are beyond the Jewish community? The, the, the reaction that I have gotten from across many segments of the community and the, the the barometer that we use is the local diners. You sit in the diners and you have lunch. And you listen to a cross section of folks, including people from the community that will come in maybe to get a cup of coffee yourself. And people are generally outraged by that. And I think they're equally concerned when the next day when the district attorney attempted to vindicate what the mayor said. 
it seems like a lot of local politics, a lot of local, a lot, a lot of local collusion uh, here in this situation. And as far as you know, has there been any outside investigations into this? Is just strictly the district attorney, as far as you know? So I, I don't know what the district attorney has done or hasn't done. All I know is what his public stance has been, and his public stance was to vindicate the mayor and to say in sum and substance, and Mid-Hudson News printed the statement from the district attorney. So again, your listeners can go and get that firsthand. But in sum and substance, he essentially attempted to vilify the media outlet, Mid-Hudson News, for releasing the tape asserting that the mayor was working undercover, and by releasing the tape, the media outlet has somehow compromised the this investigation. I have no idea what the district attorney's office is investigating. I have not worked in the district attorney's office in the past 20 years, so I can't comment on what they are or are not investigating or the nature of it. Those investigations are done completely uh, confidentially, and there'd be no reason for me to be aware of it. Uh, likewise, if there are other agencies that are looking into it, they have not come to me yet. Um, if they do, I will cooperate to the extent that I can. Now, the police officer in question, was he arrested again in January? Yes, he was. January 17th, uh, right? On, on what, relating to this whole story, is there a connection between this and the tapes that were released that he was arrested? So th there there was no connection. The tape was made prior to his being arrested, and the tape was released after he was arrested. He was arrested for, and I don't represent him on it, and I have not seen the formal charges, but what I am told by his lawyer is he was charged with making false statements on his application to resume his work as a police officer. And I am told that the alleged uh, false statements that he made dealt with the prior arrest, conviction, and ultimately being overturned. As I understand it, he was asked on the application if he was convict, had been convicted of a crime. He answered no, which is appropriate because the conviction was overturned and is now a nullity. And I'm told that's what the nature of the charge is. Again, I, I don't cast aspersions on the district attorney's office. I have not seen the charges, have not spoken to them, and don't know what their legal theory of the case is. But I am told by very good sources that the arrest, this one in January, relates back to the case that had been overturned and thrown out by the appellate division. So it looks like there's something going on. It's a complex situation. You have the mayor trying to blackmail this police officer. You have him being rearrested. 
And then you also have another element, the resignation of Monticello Police Chief Robert Meir. Is there a connection with that? It seems like a lot going on for a small community. <laughs> You're not kidding. It, it's remarkable, Zev, because it is a small community, and secrets are not v- very safe in small communities. They they leak out all over, and although I am no longer in public office, so I don't have access to the information that I did Previously, you sit in the diners, you go into the local grocery stores, and you usually get a pretty good handle on it. And I've got a lot of contacts with people in law enforcement. Nobody can tie together what the circumstances were that caused Chief Mir to resign quickly. So uh, on that one, is it related to the police officer maybe it is maybe it's not i have no idea and they're being very tight-lipped about it no i i I hear it just seems very for a small community to have this intrigue blackmail arresting the police officer uh he was acquitted originally they found that 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 it wasn't a crime and now they're trying to bring bring it back again isn't that as a judge isn't there double jeopardy if you're trying to no no, double jeopardy it would would occur where you were recharged with the same crime after the acquittal had occurred. They didn't recharge him with the same crime. They recharged him, as I'm told, with a, the, the offense is called offering a false instrument for filing. So if you're given a document that you're going to file with a municipal office, whether it be a tax document, uh, an application for employment, an application for benefits through social services, any of these documents that you're going to file, if you put material false information in it, that's a felony. And my understanding is when he applied for the job, he said that he had not been convicted of a crime. And certainly, legally, he has not been convicted of a crime because the conviction was overturned and is now a nullity. So that's a legal issue, and that's my legal interpretation of that issue. And I'm told, and I haven't seen the charges, I'm told that that's the nature of the charges, is that they charged him with lying on that application by saying he had never been arrested, uh, never been convicted of a crime. It seems messy. I hope this thing gets resolved. Um, is in this election coming up? And what date is the election, as far as you can tell? Um, it's generally in the middle of March. I don't live in the village of Monticello, and when I was the county attorney, one of the things that we did was encourage all of the villages to move their elections to November. The village of Monticello was one of the very few that did not do that, so. I'm not I'm, I'm sure that many of your listeners are aware of when the election day is. It's generally around the third week of March. But I I, I don't know because I don't live in the village of Monticello. And as county attorney, we were getting people to move off of that date. So no, I hear you. Do, is, does he have op, does the mayor have opposition? 
Um, is that something? Because uh, it sounds like the mayor is yes. nervous about winning because he wouldn't be putting pressure on this Orthodox oh, Jewish yeah. police officer if he didn't think that he has a possibility of losing. Yeah, I, I believe Rochelle Massey is uh, currently a village board member and is running for mayor. Okay. So this is something which I'm sure is going to dominate the headlines between now and the election date. So it sounds, Mel, we're going to keep an eye on this. I want to thank you for giving sure. us some insight into that. And uh, listen, it's uh, it's a mess. No matter how it you slice it, it's a mess. It, it, it is a truly a mess. Do you... and, it's, and it's really a shame because it's 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 pitting communities against communities, and we don't we don't need that. When you say community against community, which communities is it pitting against? Because here, well, have... the, the 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 mayor who should be representing equally all communities are is now pitted against the the Jewish community. You know, a community that's growing, that's building, they're building beautiful houses and uh, in the area, and they want to come and settle with their families. And the mayor has been certainly those comments are not the types of welcoming comments that you would hope to see. But they're pretty anti-Semitic. Let's be frank. You know, he doesn't. Well, that's they're, they're not pretty. Anti-Semitic. They are anti-Semitic. They're absolutely anti-Semitic. Blatantly anti-Semitic. And he's trying to blackmail uh, a police officer in the community, too. He thinks that if one Jew can deliver all the votes. You said about the block voting. He says, you know, you deliver it to me. And, they, and if you don't, I'm going to go after blanking those blanking Jews. I'm going to hunt them, each one of them. Right. Yeah, that's I mean, that's 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 the kind of comment that should make anybody's skin crawl. Um, I mean, I, I, I grew up in Muncie. Uh, I've got a lot of friends in the community. I've maintained a lot of friendships in the community. But you don't have to be in that community to have known what world events have been over the past hundred years. And when comments like that are made. When they're made by ignorant people is one thing, but when they're made by a person in the position of the mayor and they're vindicated by a person in the position of a district attorney, that should cause people's skin to crawl. That is dangerous, dangerous. I don't want to hearken up any particular part of our history, but you don't have to study history all that hard. To know that when your municipal leaders are making those kinds of comments, it's dangerous for everybody. Absolutely. Finally, do you see a federal investigation into this? Do you think it can reach that level? Uh, you know, the, 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 the federal government generally does not get involved in these types of things until they start to take on a life of their own. I'm told that the state attorney general's office has an interest in it. What that means specifically, I don't know. Uh, on, on the first level, the state attorney general's office is the right place to start. Let them make some findings. And then uh, those findings can be adopted by a federal agency taking a look at the same situation. I mean, there's, there's clearly constitutional implications here. Absolutely. Anti-Semitism, bribery, blackmail, it's all here. So it's all it's, here. It's all here. It's black and white. You listen to the tapes. So right. um, we're, we're going to continue looking at it. So 
Judge Michael McGuire, former county attorney as well. He's now in private practice. Thank you for joining with us and look forward to having you back. And thank you for speaking out. Zev, thank you very much. It's my pleasure. I am uh, enjoy coming on. And anytime that we can uh, help you out, I'd be happy to come on with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. You bet. Thank you for tuning in to Talk Hey, this is Alan Dershowitz. One of the most important Jewish institutions in the world today is TalkLine with Zeb Rana. He is so smart and he is so innovative and he has so many interesting guests. I don't know what Yiddishkeit, I don't know what New York, I don't know what the world would do without Zeb. So Zeb, Yashikoch, may you go from strength to strength and keep, keep informing us and educating us and keep fighting for Jewish values. Thank you for tuning in to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast, the pulse beat of the Jewish community. For continuous Jewish programs, talklinenetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms or jewishpodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the talklinenetwork.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.